Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. There are many imitators, there are many haters, but there's only one famous fucking dead people. You're about to hear the episode where I interview former NASCAR driver and team owner Dale Earnhardt and socialist revolutionary and co-author of the Communist Manifesto, Karl Marx. It was a fascinating talk. Uh, These guys really got along disturbingly well. Uh, A couple of quick announcements. Uh, You know I'd love for you to check out the new eps every Monday at 3 p.m. at Radio Free Brooklyn. This show, the podcast, these are the old eps, the ones that are already on the radio show. What you're hearing, it was on the radio show two and a half weeks ago. If you'd have listened at Monday at 3 p.m. at Radio Free Brooklyn, you would have heard it already. So don't forget to go check that out. Uh, Feel free to email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. You know I love hearing from fans. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. And, of course, you can go to jarrettberenstein.com for all the latest on my upcoming projects and show dates. But for now, this is what you came for, everybody. Karl Marx and Dale Earnhardt only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the heads. You're gonna hear awful from even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are American NASCAR driver and team owner Dale Earnhardt. Vroom, vroom, hello. And German philosopher, economist, and socialist revolutionary Karl Marx. Hello! Uh, Mr. Marx, Mr. Yes. Earnhardt, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Yeah, indeed, it's great to be here. Happy to be here. Two luminaries. Uh, of course. and uh, Two I'm, luminaries. One of the car and one of the paper? One of the car and one of the paper. That's right. Yes. That, that could be the subtitle for this entire episode. Let's do it. That's mm-hmm. great. I love I'm it. I'm into it. Um, so let's start off with you, uh, Mr. Mark. So you are most well known for being one of the co-authors of the Communist Manifesto. Oh, that old uh, thing. Which is uh, widely <laughs> regarded as one of the world's most influential political documents. And in the Communist Manifesto, you argue... That capitalist societies... A state. You You know, I'm a nice guy. (laughs) I'm not saying that you're, like, arguing with anybody. I'm just saying that you make the argument. I just don't want to seem bad for the Dale. I'm sorry, what? No. I just don't want to seem like a bad guy. You don't seem like a bad guy. You seem a little slow. Like, maybe, like, speed up a little bit, you know? Oh, I see. This is a common complaint with you, isn't it, Mr. Earnhardt? Everything's too slow. You gotta speed it up. Yeah, Yeah. get in there. Yeah, you gotta get in there. Okay, I'm gonna get in. In the interest (laughs) of speeding things up... Uh, you argue, you state in the Communist Manifesto that that capitalist societies will eventually be replaced by socialist societies. Is that correct? Oh yeah. <laughs> it should that? speed up a little bit, if anything. It's uh, not. That's, it's yeah, not that's what, that was what, what my question was. Like, it's been 170 years since you wrote the uh, the Communist Manifesto. Did you think mm-hmm. that it would have happened by now? That. Oh. Capitalism would have fallen to socialism at this point? Yes, absolutely. I, I was hoping for it. Mm-hmm. I had a bottle of champagne and everything. <laughs> and then it never, never happened. Well, the nice thing about champagne is like the longer that you wait to open it, just the better that champagne It's going to be so delicious. It's going to be so yeah. much sweeter. When eventually it happens. When eventually yeah. it will mm-hmm. happen. So do, you, so do you have a timeline then? Like for... Yeah, how this when this is going to happen now? Well, I had one. I figured by 1901 it would happen. <laughs> but 1901. But I've had to keep going. Me and the Mayans have had to do a lot of uh, reorganizing. Yep. Pushing the date a yep, little further. A little further. Mm-hmm. Was it supposed to be the Hellfire in the Mayan calendar that was supposed to be the the, yep. you know be the cleansing agent? The, yeah, the cleansing agents of communism that now. We are now communist. Mm-hmm. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, because all the buildings would. Do you ever see the movie Twenty Twelve? Twenty Twelve. Because that's, that's when my the favorite movie. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of amazing. Because yeah. it's a pretty fast-paced movie. It so looks I really can good. See why you would enjoy it, hey. Mr. Earnhardt. Oh yeah. yeah. That every... water goes fast. The ice goes fast. Yep. Everything's fast. <laughs> Everything dies, and then everyone looks at each other and they say, "We're equal." <laughs> They, I remember that part. They cut that scene, <laughs> yeah. but it was after the credits. You'd well, you know, it. one of the main characters in 2012 was that Russian businessman, mm. uh, which I guess be- Russia being a communist state. Oh, yes. Like, perhaps you could make the argument that that was a reflection of the Communist Manifesto. I hoped so. <laughs> I, I did. Now the new, you know, again, I gave a lot of notes on 2012. 
Yeah. You, you, you were uh, a, an executive uh, producer on 2012? I, they, they wouldn't credit me. They didn't want me. Ugh. But I certainly found a way to get my notes to the director. That's wonderful. And that director yes. took it. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. <laughs> took it right in the chin, yeah. He did. He took it. Yep. And, uh, you know, happy. Happy to always happy to help. Mm-hmm. Love the mm-hmm. biz. So how would you say then that the movie 2012 relates to what your vision of capitalism crumbling is? Well, just... You know, I, uh, um, just the way that everything uh, uh, dies and falls down. Um, <laughs> okay, that's that's sort of the the way that the um, that the class system there of the 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 you know of the the owners, the bourgeoisie, would mm-hmm. be all go oh and fall into fire, and, and the die. workers would be running because they don't want to get trapped yes. underneath the bourgeoisie. Yeah. See, the, the workers crumbling. know how to run because they've been working That's so hard. Right. They've been, they've been running right. to and fro. That's the thing about 2012. That movie, mm-hmm. everyone lives. Yeah, everyone. Not everyone. Everyone lives, lives right? Because they're not, all so fast. Not everyone. Like you, me. You know who dies is the Russian character. The oh. Russian guy dies. Oh. He throws. His twin boys onto the boat that is supposed to save humanity. Yeah. But he falls to his death. Ah, those great Russians. <laughs> those Russians really know how to throw two boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> really do. Yeah. They do. I, it's a shame that that's not uh, an Olympic event anymore. That used to be like one of the big throw Olympic two events boys. Yeah. that the Russians would crush at. Oh, at the yeah. two throw? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they deflated their boys. That's what they did. Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah. of the dope. They doped the. <laughs> Yeah, they doped the the thrower and they d- deflated they took their out boys. The air of the yes. boys. They yeah. gave the young boys just like a whole bunch of coffee, and yeah. uh, and that stunted their growth and also made them poop out all their stuff, yeah. aka yeah. deflated them. Yeah. They also took a knife and punctured them so that the air got out of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. They were less yeah. boys and more husks of uh, skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Oh, skin I remember. Skin and bones that too. and dead muscle. They failed the talking test. That's you know, what I remember. Now that we. <laughs> They have to. They ask the boys to say something. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. That was the Olympics that they had. The uh, the Russian put his hands through the dead bodies of the boys and just yeah. move them out. And move them out. Yes. And try to throw his voice a little bit. Yeah. It's just, you know what bothers me that they don't talk about that in the movie Icarus in the documentary Icarus. You know of all the Russian. My second favorite movie. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. how did that 2012 work? and Icarus. Hitting yeah. on all of these. Let's um They're actually, fast movies. <laughs> they are pretty fast movies. Like uh, let's, fast. Let's move over to uh Dale Earnhardt uh, for just room, a moment. Room, please. Um so you are widely regarded as one of the most significant drivers in NASCAR history. Hell yeah. You won seventy six Winston Cup races, vroom. seven NASCAR championships. <laughs> and some say yeah. that your success in racing was due to your aggressive driving style. Cluck cluck. That's the sound of me changing shifts. Of changing gears. Yeah. Cluck, cluck. (laughs) Uh, Now, your aggressive driving style earned you the nickname The Intimidator. Uh, Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about how you got that nickname? Sure. Uh, Take a look at my face for a second. All right. Taking it out. How do you feel? A little, I got to be honest. Intimidated. A little intimidated. intimidated. I'm scared. Your attack power going down, right? I I feel full or what? Your attack power, your physical attack. Physical attack going stats going down. Yeah, we do actually. I yeah. mean, I don't want to speak to you, Karl Marx, but I no, certainly I, do. I shrunk yeah. like a Mario. Yeah, you shrunk yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's me using intimidate. Interesting. And so you people could see that through the car of my window. You know, interesting through yeah. the car of your window. You would never spend a lot of eyes on the road. You would spend eyes at the other drivers because they would back away. Interesting. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I have to imagine. I've never been in a race car, but I have to imagine. Really? The track oh, is just... really? <laughs> You should you should go. Yeah, it's a know. good American capitalist thing to do is spend some time in that race car. In just, the race car. Yeah. It's I, fun. Karl Marx, you've been in a race oh, car. Oh, I've done. Yeah. yeah. No, I raced uh, Talladega. Yeah. You, you did Talladega? I did once. What year yeah. was that? It was uh, uh, 1881. <laughs> that's the fucking year I lost. It was. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the one year I lost. You know why? It was during, uh, uh, it was part of Reconstruction. <laughs> I remember that there was a yeah. construction after the Civil War, there. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> yeah. it's a while after, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I just I knew the curves of that. I knew the curves. Yeah, yeah. he just knew the track really yeah. well. Yeah, it was a different kind of circle that year. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. It's a different kind of circle. Yeah, it what? was a little bit more like a circle because usually it's like an oval, mm-hmm. like an eggplant. You yes. know? You know this why was... it was a circle? Why? Because of it. Would, everyone was equal. Oh, of, yeah. that it was, was your... a socialist circle. Socialist yeah. effect on the world of competitive car racing. All yeah. the audience members had equal time looking at the cars, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. 
Did, uh, and and yet and yet there was still a winner to that race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It should. It wasn't me. You would think that it shouldn't be if if the entire point of it is that we're all equal and that we should be uh, sharing our resources. Mm. No, I got into it. I <laughs> I took the flag and I ran out and I drank. I drank out of the cup, baby. Not bad. I had a good time. Yeah, Dude, that I'll, capitalist cup, man, it tastes great. Capitalist mm. cup is that the that's that's what you get when you win NASCAR? Yeah, you get, you get the, the capitalist cup. The capitalist cup. Yeah, yes. oh, I didn't know that. And drink a very nice champagne mm-hmm. out of it. So we were talking about your nickname, the Intimidator, yes. Yes. Um, and how it was because you would give people a look that would intimidate through the cu- window of my car. I would window? roll down the window. Okay, and yeah. you would stick your head out. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and that would make drivers put on their brakes a little bit mm. or yield to me. I see. Know? I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, Turn down their music, you know. Gotcha. And so did this happen like during one specific race where you put your head out and someone oh, was like, someone was like, that guy's the intimidator because he intimidates a lot. Yeah, there was this one race. It was, uh, what was the year? 1978. 78. Yeah. That was the year we were using a square. A square. The oval. Yeah. Interesting. So okay. you had to like really make those turns. You know what I mean? Tight like turns that, on like a square. Yeah. Ninety angle. You know what I mean? Of course. Turns. Uh, and I remember we were coming across, and it was just a lit, like the entire lane of cars were just there. So I I called up my guy, the announcer, and I said, "Get me on the jumbotron." <laughs> I'm sorry, you. Yeah, you were, were you talking to one of you guys in your pit crew, or did you actually call someone who like I called worked? one of the announcers. Oh wow! Uh, you While know, one of those guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was um, who's up there nowadays. One of the uh, Chicago Bulls guys was announcing the race. Uh, it wasn't uh, Scotty Pippen. No. Was it uh, Michael Jordan? No. All right. Um, I'm just kind of running out of Chicago Bulls that uh, I know. Tony Kukoc. <laughs> It was Tony Kukoc. Oh, great. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm glad we settled on it. And uh, he put me up in the Jumbotron. My my terrorizing, uh, intimidate face came on, mm-hmm. and everyone just opened like Moses. Oh, my God. In the parting of the seas. And I wow. just went in that tough right angle turn, and I, t- I took number one. Wow. That's I took it right then really and there. incredible. I was driving really shitty that day otherwise. <laughs> I was driving really po- The right turns were just like really fucking with me i would like hit the wall really hard every time mm-hmm. you know i did not have much of a car left it's a little bit like when you're playing a racing game and you yeah. haven't figured out that you need to take your foot off the accelerator now and again you just keep on hitting that wall so much yeah you, know? you hit that wall yeah it's, it's why tough get, what's up it's tough <laughs> it is tough that's why you have to get in a, a, a wall, wheels like in Mario Kart that are good for off-terrain so oh, that you can nail yeah. those off-terrain moments. Yeah. Um, I will have a question about those off-terrain wheels uh, a little bit later, but you did have a few other nicknames i like to ask you about if Let's we could. Let's so please. you were also called the Man in Black, even though that's also Johnny Cash's nickname. And, yes, and Will Smith. Yeah. Wait, Will Smith? Oh, <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> yes. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Lee Jones. Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. Yeah. Well, how did you get the nickname The Man in Black, though? Uh, I got The Man in Black because I was the Grim Reaper. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I would visit old men in the middle of the night wearing a long black robe and a scythe. And I would say, I'm that soul is mine. I'm sorry, Dale Earnhardt. So you in in between races, yeah. When you weren't driving, you would get dressed up in black. You would go to old people's homes with a scythe, yeah, and a it, large black cloak, and okay. I'd paint skull makeup on my face. I would put my kids to bed. wasn't wearing the makeup yet, and I was like, all right, all my kids are in bed. Lock up the doors. Security's on. I can now do what my true passion is, which is intimidating <laughs> old men into death. So I'd wear my all my things. Get out there, play like a little bit of music that's like ominous, fog machine. Okay. Visit each one. Wow. And before I left, I slap them across the face and then mm-hmm. they got knocked and out. And then you peace out. Yeah, I peaced out. Wow, that, that was is, my true passion. That's an incredible. Uh... Racing's fine. <laughs> this is okay. It's more of a hobby. Yeah, more of a hobby. You're also called uh, the Count of Monte Carlo. Oh, yes. Do you remember how you got that nickname? So um, I back in the 1800s, I was just a guy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I was betrayed by a very dear and close friend. Ooh, similar to the Count of Monte Cristo. Of exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm going for. Uh, and I was sent to prison. And, and then he uh, he fried you into a, a sandwich. Correct? <laughs> yeah. Yes. French toast style. Oh, okay. He yeah. soaked me up with butter, so I was like really fucking puffy, you mm-hmm. know. And he just drenched me in maple syrup, and he ate me, shit me out, and put me in jail. And wow. uh, I was stuck in jail for years and years and years. Lost the best moments of my life. <laughs> Then I devised uh, a revenge plot plot, mm-hmm. and uh, went through went through all the revenges. I killed a bunch of people. I think I killed a bunch of women, too. Oh, my God. According to the book. Yeah. Um, oh, they wrote a book about this. Yeah. Yeah. Count to Monte Crisco. 
And uh, yeah, I was not a good guy. And I remember there's one scene in the movie where I put this guy in jail. I leave him with a gun with one bullet. And he goes, well, at least I get to kill myself before going to jail. He puts the gun in his mouth. Click. He checks the gun. There's a little note that says, you're not going to get out of this that easy. He's gone. Oh, my God. This yeah, is the that movie, was from the movie that was yeah. based, Crisco. based on the book yeah. that was based on your early life before your natural birth. Exactly. I don't think I killed that many women in the movie because <laughs> I think they wanted me to be vaguely a good guy. Yeah. You know? Interesting. They're always doing that. Yeah. 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 That's my it. third favorite movie, though. <laughs> That's my... Actually, I hate that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, let's sorry. move My back movie. over to uh, Karl Marx for just a moment. Hello. Uh, That's me driving away. Now, if you're just joining us, uh, this is Famous Dead People on Radio for Brooklyn, and my guests today are uh, uh, NASCAR driver and team owner Dale Earnhardt. Uh, vroom, vroom, hello. And uh, German philosopher and socialist revolutionary Karl Marx. Woo, yeah. And so, uh, Karl Marx, I'd like to ask you about an incident early in your education. You're growing up in Prussia. I am. You're 14 years old. I am. Uh, your school is raided by the government because the headmaster was hiring teachers who were liberal humanists, and this was, of course, frowned upon in Prussia at the time. Sure. And during the raid, the police uh, discover politically liberal literature, which is illegal at the time, and so they replaced a whole bunch of staff members. Do you remember this incident, this giant raid happening on your school growing uh, up? Of course, yeah. Okay. It was very scary. Did yeah. you lose any like of your favorite teachers? Or um... Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was uh, Mr. Lefty. Mr. Lefty. Mr. Okay. Lefty was... Mr. Lefty was my favorite teacher. Okay. He was great. He um he would always say um he'd always share his lunch with me. That's nice. That's nice of him. Yeah. And um So what was your reaction then? You see him being carted off by these uh by these thugs for just just for having liberal literature in the school. I got so mad. Yeah. You know, cuz I was sitting there and they they threw they they dragged him through the corridors of our school right past all the lockers you oh know my God. yeah past the lockers past the gym past the nurse's office and we all just watched him and he said uh, what's wrong with sharing what's wrong with believing in each other and they said quiet you and they <laughs> and they what Wait, oh, let and him they... cry <laughs> cry oh, i was so young and I saw them, and they took a big, uh, um, they took a giant ruler, and they kept smacking him with it. Oh, my God. Yes. And I said, oh, no, I'll never measure anything again. <laughs> and that's why I still can't write straight. Wow. So you you decided that you would never use a ruler ever again. I And or have a ruler. Or even have a ruler. Yes. Mm. Wow. That was it. I ran home to my mom. And I said, Mom, they took Mr. Lefty away for having, uh, um, what liberal, was it again? Liberal, liberal literature. Liberal literature. And what was, what was some of this liberal literature that oh, you guys had? That was my that was question. So... Like, what was liberal back then? It know? was the best. It was just <laughs> these great books that were like, um, hey, um, uh, let's get some diversity in here. Let's get some diversity yeah. in here. Yeah. Mm. And they were very like, colloquial title. Yeah. yeah. They were also like, um, Everybody should live. Everybody that was tough. Should yeah. Live. yeah. And it was like, it, you know, stuff like um, um, there was also, oh, you know, there was a ch- child's children's book, of course. <laughs> of course. A child's of children's course. book. Mm-hmm. So it's called um, Old Little Bunny Gives Away His Carrots. And in the end, he was obviously brutally slain <laughs> by Father Bear. <laughs> Father Bear and told his bear was a father. Father Bear, yes, and because it was, it was, it was uh, useful because the the bear killed him and then immediately buried him and performed the funeral. This is a classic, it was, classic children's it was a, narrative. Beautiful, you know, I will say the bear had a collar and everything. Mm. It was it just were very well drawn. Wow. I loved, yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, little I I empathized a lot with little Lefty Bunny, mm. but um, wait. So the, the, <laughs> little the bunny's Le- name was Lefty. The teacher's name was Lefty. Are they yeah. related as well? Uh, they were. They were related. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. He was related. They were. I, I lovers. You know, they were lovers. <laughs> yeah. That's why they took their name. That's yeah. not. They you, got married well, eventually. If, yeah. if you're secret. lovers, if you're lovers, hopefully you're not related. Well, you know, Mr. Not me. Whoa, no, not me. Whoa. Oh my yeah. goodness. So judgy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So judgy. We both live. Hey, we're both living in the fast lane. I'm not sure. It's true. Fast, so you got to find that first lady, and that happens to be your sister. 
Then, yeah, turn left. Look yeah, to your left. Look left. to your right. Yeah. It's like, hey, we yeah. got, I, you I, I got a date. I got a date. I got a date right now. Yeah, I got a date right around. now. Who's, who's in this house? Yep. Who's here? Yep. <laughs> 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 grab the first woman you find. Yep. So your life, uh, Karl Marx, after that was found foundationally anti-establishment and revolutionary. Do you think that incident of seeing this repressive regime influencing your school had anything to do with you developing this anti-establishment revolutionary philosophy? Totally. Mm. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. Though now that I think about it, no, not at all. (laughs) Wait, I'm sorry. Nothing at all. No, you know, because I saw where you were going, but now thinking about it, no, I, you know, I just, I saw all that and it was terrible and I cried forever. Mm-hmm. And then I got hit in the head and I forgot about it. And then here's what happened. I found. Oh, he's crying again. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is such a powerful story. I found this. Holding your head. I found this board game, right? And uh, it was called Jumanji. Oh, Jumanji. yeah. And I rolled Perfect. the dice and I went into it. <laughs> Wait, I'm yeah. sorry. Are you saying that after the, the police raided your high school for having liberal <laughs> literature? You then found the... Which seemed like it would change me seemed like it would really change you and yes. make you yeah. into an Alex person. Did you also hit your head on your way into the board, or did someone throw a board at you and that hit your head? I, someone threw a board. They were like, hey, Marxy, X marks the spot. <laughs> they threw the game at my head. <laughs> Frankly, they were also probably, at, now I realize, just trying to get rid of the Jumanji game <laughs> for the hurt that it had caused. Can, right. can we assume that you then uh, went into the game Jumanji as is as is the classic problem with the game Jumanji? Yes. Is that you were sucked into it? Yes. And- Much, try as I might, I was not able to avoid the classic problem of Jumanji, which is <laughs> so, getting sucked into it. So mm. you had an experience then in the board game Jumanji that taught you the anti-establishment revolutionary principles that you then live the rest of your life. Yes. In oh. short, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that is unexpected. That was great. Um, but from what we know about the board game Jumanji, Wait, like, how did you it's get out? classic Jumanji. Oh, You simple. finished the game. That's Inside how you, of the game? No, you finished the game. That's how you get out of Jumanji. But who finished the game that got you out of Jumanji? Oh, my, uh, the Lefty Bunny. Lefty Bunny. Lefty, Lefty bunny. bunny. The fictional character from the storybook that you right. so admired as a child. That yes. made love to Mr. Lefty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The teacher, the real teacher. Right. Uh-huh. Came into the board game Jumanji and saved you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Interesting. I, I know. Great it story. Huh? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm really surprised that none of that was in the Wikipedia. Uh, let's mm. move back over to uh, Dale Earnhardt for just a moment. Uh, so your father was one of the best short track uh, drivers in North Carolina. Yeah, but that's short track. Who gives a shit? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? What is what is the difference between short track? Is it just literally? Just, I mean, say it out loud. You know, so it's like uh, short the, track. The Indianapolis 500. Yeah, long five, track. 500 miles, long track. Long track. Uh, so what are we talking about with a short track? Like how like long two is feet, it? Like you know? Two feet. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's a fucking lame sport. My dad's a nightmare. So do you, so you're sitting there at the starting line, you, you're revving your engines. Yeah. You know, and then someone has a little flag and it goes, all right, on your marks, get set, go. Yeah. You also have those like flatter dumb cars. You know what I mean? Uh, that had the parachutes. Yeah. Um, that's the short track, too, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And that's just, like, dumb, you know? It's, like, stupid. Okay. Cars are flat. They're they're supposed to be, like, fat, you know what I mean? Fat yeah. cars. How can I, like, stick my head out and intimidate? I don't know. My, do- <laughs> my dad was a loser. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize that you had such a negative, uh, negative uh, relationship with your father. It must suck, then, to be named after him, right? Mm-hmm. No, you're thinking of Dale Earnhardt Jr., who was named after the gentleman who was sitting here with us today. Yeah. Oh, who me Dale and my Earnhardt sister gave Sr. birth to. Let me... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me wipe my glass. Oh, yeah. Yes. Of the, 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 the similarity is uh, uncanny between the two of you. Yes. Yeah. I'm not idiot Earl Hart. Idiot Earl Hart? Oh, yeah, like my dad. Yeah. Of course. Yes. I'm not dumb shit Earl Hart. You know what I mean? Well, I'm wondering. So he didn't want you to race cars like he did. Right. And so I'm assuming that that was part of the reason why you had this negative relationship with him. Yeah. I mean, it's also like your dad is like, hey, I do this thing where I get laid all the time, do sweet, like, drugs with john bon jovi and like get laid all the time wow and it's just like really you get to do the cool thing so i have to go and like do some dumb shit like math is that really how we're gonna go oh my you know god what I mean? wait so you're saying that your dad yeah uh while you were growing up yeah doing drugs partying with bon jovi bon john jovi uh, bon john jovi yeah yeah Who's Bon John Jovi? Bon John Jovi? Yeah. I, I assume that we were talking about Bon Jovi, the uh, the, the rock band. musician or yeah. the band. The know? bad rock. Yeah. Uh, but who's Bon Bon Jovi? Bon Bon Jovi is uh, their twin brother. Twin brother of John Bon Jovi. Yeah. They, had two, they were two brothers. 
they played the exact same songs, did everything the exact same way, kind of like um, the guy with the mallet whose brother like stole his career for a minute. Gallagher. Gallagher. That's right. Gallagher had a brother who like stole his career for a second and said a bunch of racist stuff, I think. And um, <laughs> that's what Bon Bon Jovi would also do. Interesting. Yeah. And so your was, dad was partying with this guy and you were upset that you had to do math and go to school. He was like, go to school. And I'm like, you're living it up over there. And me and mom are just like, is he coming home? I don't know. I want that lifestyle. And mom's like, yeah, me too. But it's like one person's got to suck up all the sweetness. You yeah, know what I mean? That is, I can see how that would breed some animosity. Yeah. You know, I understand that your father, Karl Marx, wanted, you You didn't want to be a lawyer, but he sort of like steered you in that direction. <laughs> they suck. Did you have a similar can relationship both with your father? Dads? Wow. Yeah. Both our dads suck. Both hit our dads. Wow. Yeah. My dad's over there. Doing law, right? Mm-hmm. He was a lawyer. He, he wanted you to be a lawyer too. Yeah, he wanted me to get a lawyer. He's over there, you know, getting all this crazy tail. Yeah, yeah, doing all. I love tail specifically of an animal. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He's doing all these great drugs, opium. You know, uh, and, yeah, it's my favorite. Absolutely, morphine. <laughs> yeah, he's doing all these great drugs, and he's over here with me. Like, uh, don't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah, you should do that too. And I was like, no. <laughs> Shut up, Dad. Yeah. So I rebelled. So you rebelled and you decided, I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm not going to get tail. I'm not going to have fun. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was like, oh, be a lawyer, you know? In the same way that that Dale's dad was like, don't do this thing that's great. Mm-hmm. My dad was like, do this thing that's great. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not going to. Because he was, you know, he was also working for the man. And ever since I came out of Jumanji, I knew, like... <laughs> The real, the real deal. When everything goes to shit, you're gonna have to hunt your own food mm-hmm. and everything because animals hate you. Yeah, you know they're all chasing you. They're gonna kill you. That's why you collect their tails, like Dale yeah. Earnhardt was saying. Exactly. I was talking more about fucking them, but you know whatever. <laughs> uh, oh, try- yeah, spread that seed. Hey, you know, humans are gonna be a hey, dying breed soon. Jumanji nights, baby. <laughs> Jumanji nights. <laughs> Jumanji. Jumanji after dark. nights. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what they never showed. In either movie, mm-hmm. yeah. I believe. I never saw the other one. I seen. I think I've seen every Jumanji movie. And there's, there's only two. A hundred percent. I thought there was a Jumanji two before the one with the rock. No way. That's I, not. I'm pretty can't sure be. there was. Really? No I way. There was. No, no way. No way. Because <laughs> no it would have been called Tumanji, <laughs> and we would know that. Yeah. Come on. That's not true. A lot of movie sequels have dropped the ball on having a cool name for the sequel. For example, now you see me. Oh, you got it. Now you see me. Came up with a sequel. Yeah. What do you think they called the Now You See Me sequel? Yeah. Now You See Me too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What a What an undeserving sequel bullshit. also. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable yeah. bullshit. Also, what was so great about that movie? There was a movie about magic. Yeah. yeah. There was a movie about like card tricks. And yeah. it's like, oh, how are you managing to fool everyone with a hundred million dollars of yeah. special effects? Oh, sure. wow. This looks so cool. Every- <laughs> Did did this set audience with all these insane people working for months to make fake people go, ooh, and yet somehow we didn't connect with that? It's starting to hurt my feelings because that's my fourth favorite movie. Really? I'm talking about it really is. Uh, Uh, I will say that movie kind of feels like if everyone you hate in the world was just winning every step of the way. I know. That's what that movie feels like to me. It's like, I hate all these people. All they do is win, you know? That's what I liked. That's what I liked about it. Like, I loved Entourage also. I like Entourage. I like everything where the worst people win. Win. We're going to have to win, 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 no matter what. Uh, We're going to have to take a break pretty shortly, but I wanted to ask you one last question, Mr. Earnhardt. Can I just say real quick that I got my (laughs) notes to the director of Now You See Me Too. Yeah. Not a single one taken. I'd probably like it a lot more if they took it. The director of 2012 took your notes. The director of Now You See Me Too? or or Now You See Me Too. Now You See Me Too. And Now You See Me One. Oh, you send in notes for both of them. And he didn't take any of your notes. No. That is complete and utter bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) we are going to have to take a short break. What about my question? (laughs) I'll ask it when we get back from the break. Okay. Uh, But we will be right back on Famous Dead People with Dale Earnhardt and Karl Marx. Stay with us. Oh, famous dead people. 
Hey everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are German philosopher and socialist revolutionary, the author of the Communist Manifesto, Karl Marx. The princess will marry Jafar. (laughs) (laughs) I I realized who I sound like. (laughs) American NASCAR driver. (laughs) American NASCAR driver. This is staying in. American NASCAR driver and team owner Dale Dale Earnhardt. Uh, That's right. Say, applaud for the filth. Applaud for the scum. Applaud for the muddy and bag. Boo. What are we talking? What movie are you referencing? It was Princess Bride. Princess Bride. In the crowd. Why did you decide (laughs) to reference that? I was trying to think of a similar <laughs> The Princess Shall Marry Jafar. That was that was oh, my attempt at a parallel scene, I guess. My goodness. <laughs> oh boy, um, I'm so sorry. But vroom vroom, hello. Yeah. I mean it's yeah, it's incredible to have the that, old standby. It's incredible to have that level of um <laughs> of self self knowledge that yeah. you would recognize that you sound like a character from a Disney cartoon. Absolutely. Uh, but we before the before the break we were talking to uh Dale Earnhardt. You know, the Wikipedia yeah. doesn't really mention how you develop your interest in racing cars. Sure. We know that your dad told you not to. We yeah. know that your dad did short track, which you think is dumb. Super dumb. We know you had a bad relationship with your dad. Yeah. So how was it that you figured out that racing was your passion? Well, I remember running. I, I, as a kid, I would run as fast as I could to the elderly home so that I could intimidate older men into death with my robes yes as we discussed earlier this is one of your favorite things to do yeah and then i realized that i could use a car to get there faster and then i realized i could use my dad's stupid flat car to get there faster okay and then i realized that if i took a normal car and just drove it faster and didn't use that stupid parachute i would get there even faster so i realized oh i can just keep driving as fast as i can and just hit as many elderly homes dressed up as a grim reaper as humanly possible interesting and then i realized that i people are starting to collect the idea that I might be the guy who is scaring everyone. And I was like, well, I still like to drive. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to do it every other night instead of every hour of my life. Is that you how you get I mean? discovered as a, as a race car driver? Were they like, we don't like that you're scaring these elderly people dressed up like the Grim Reaper, but we are super impressed by how fast you're doing it. There was uh, one night where I was trying to drive and uh, I jumped into my car. I was wearing my whole thing ready to drive out. And then as I was driving, I realized I left my scythe behind. So I jumped out of the car to like grab it, but my like robe was still stuck in the car drive. Oh, wow. The door, mm-hmm. door closed. So I was like trying to get back into my car. Car was still going because I took off the brakes. And that's what I was starting to get. People were trying to collect the idea that maybe I was the guy scaring everybody. Mm. So I was trying to get back into the car. And they said that the car was going so fast with not even me in it. How fast would I be going if I was in the car? Because <laughs> cars. Yeah, scientifically go way faster when there's You're, a driver in them. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's really that's cool. Super really cool. Yeah. That's an incredible story too. Really cool. Uh, let's go back over to Karl Marx Damn. for a moment. Hello. So you are uh, obviously well known for having rallied against the upper classes, the bourgeoisie. Mm. Uh, I read that you married a woman named Jenny von Westphalen. Hamana, hamana. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
And uh, she was a baroness. She was a part of the ruling class. Yep. And she, when you, she was engaged to you, she was in love with you, broke off an engagement Guilty that she had. <laughs> broke off an engagement that she had to a young aristocrat just to be with you. Is yeah, that right? That's right. And now I'm I sure won. That, I beat that trash man. <laughs> I'm sure that this was a relationship that was like built on love and mutual affection. But <laughs> did you also feel like a small amount of pride, like you were kind of sticking it to the upper classes by oh, yeah. by marrying a uh, young Jenny? Yep. I was Leo, and I, I really stuck it to Billy Zane. You really mm. stuck it to Billy Zane. That's right. Well, yeah. I knew, you know, because he was. He was one of those people born with everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, his Do you name- remember the name? Of this? It's not It's not listed in the um, in the Wikipedia. Do you remember who this young aristocrat was that was supposed to marry uh, Jenny von Westphalen, the baroness? <laughs> was it Scar? <laughs> it was, it was uh, yes. It was, it was Uncle Scar von... Um, Von Raja. <laughs> Uncle Scar Von, Von Raja. Raja the Tiger. Von Raja the Tiger. Yes. So Uncle Scar, U.S., as we called him. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Scar, so U.S., you know, he had everything. And I sat there, a, a young street rat. <laughs> um, just, you know, all I could do was... <laughs> all I could do was come up with... You know, in my spare time, I would write, but obviously I would, you know, when I wasn't writing and thinking of theories, I was there picking apples, stealing apples with my (laughs) monkey Apu. With your little monkey friend Apu. Sure. So we're out in the market and you look up past the palace wall and you Mm -hmm. see Jenny von Westphalen there and you think maybe that could be me. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I was sitting there and I knew, okay, I'll... I will marry that girl. And then I, I sang one jump ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tears. I can see this memory still has a lot of powerful, yes. powerful feelings for you. Yes. And then, you know, I found a lamp and the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, I don't want to uh, blow your mind or anything, but a lot of what you're saying is very similar to the movie Aladdin, except of course for the villain who was from the animated film The Lion King. Right. Instead, but that woman was sleeping with an actual lion, just to be clear. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yes, of course. Oh, yeah. so uh, yeah. Jenny, the Baroness Jenny von Westphalen, was in a sexual relationship with a literal lion, an named, aristocrat, an aristocrat, lion, uh, an aristocratic lion, yes. arrest a lion, more like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's an incredible story. Named Uncle Scott von Raja the Tiger. It's so weird <laughs> that that would eventually. You know, um, uh, you know, sort of like branch off and become two separate details from two separate Disney films. Hey, well, you know, mm-hmm. guess who got some notes to those directors? You, I bet, That's I bet right. Karl Marx got some notes to those directors. Karl Marx did. Wow, uh, that is incredible. I will say, how many times I've lost a sexy woman to like a piece of crap dog? You know, like one of those like poor rough on the streets dogs because mm, they're yeah. eating a bowl of spaghetti together and then they like kiss. So you're saying of you know? the, the human women that you would court in your life yeah. while you were a very successful race They'd find these driver. homeless dogs and then eat a bowl of spaghetti together. <laughs> and then you just, you can't not fall in love when that happens. I think it's the Aladdin effect, you know? Mm-hmm. They're so much better and stronger, you know? Yeah, I completely understand that. Do yeah, you also I... I'm just two cats that say we are Siamese if we don't... <laughs> Oh, wait, let me wipe my glasses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm two cats with a mustache. I don't Did know you, if you not notice? That, huh? This is in the Wikipedia, actually, yeah. that Dale Earnhardt is actually two cats that just say we are Siamese, if you please. Yeah, we do have a mustache. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. I mean, it's very impressive. And I mean, I think it only adds to your legacy that you were able to accomplish such incredible feats in car racing yeah. while just being two cats that only say we are Siamese, yeah. if you please. One cat has the gas, one cat has the brake, mm-hmm. and then we use our tails to do the... Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to be fair, I'd be intimidated by uh, two cats in but, a car. Yeah. yeah, they were very intimidating in leading the tramp also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are Siamese if we don't, please. You now, know? I have to ask you, Karl Marx, um, and please tell me if this deviates from the movie Aladdin at, at all. <laughs> all right. But how is it that you eventually courted uh, the Baroness Jenny von Westphalen you know, she's behind the palace wall. You of course. Were, you're a lovely street. You and your monkey at Pooh are lovely street urchins. Yeah. You know, so what is it? What is it that you did to, uh, to, to, to bridge that gap? Well, you know, I just, I was looking there. I was looking at the palace and I just thought, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't buy that. You know, 
If only they'd look closer. Would they see a poor, young, budding philosopher? Do you mind if I cut you off very quickly, Mr. Mark? Yeah, yes. Was um, something, yeah. Uh, I understand. the. This is the thought process that you were no, going I was through at the time. at the time. <laughs> I should mention. Um, do what could we skip ahead in the story to like the actual things that you did uh, to to win over uh Jenny okay. von Westphalen? Absolutely. So uh, Carpet and I are are uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. there, and we decide. Okay, let's. Uh, so Carpet goes into. Let uh, me. Okay, I'm gonna cut you off one more time. <laughs> yes, is was... there? Because if this is literally just the story of Aladdin, I can just tell my listeners if you want to know how he did it, like just go watch <laughs> Aladdin. Does, does it deviate from Aladdin at all? I'm, of course it does. That's okay, at what, point, at what point does it deviate from Aladdin? Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, we're flying over uh, a city called London. Okay. And um, it looks a lot like Agrabah, <laughs> I would say. Um, and so we, I'm, I ask her, do you trust me? And she comes along, and there <laughs> mm-hmm. we are. And then we put down, and she says, "Well, I'm I'm going to, you know, I love you." And then her father says, uh, "And let me see if I can uh, remember how to say this right. Uh, the princess will marry Jafar." Uh, Karl but, Marx. Yes, Karl Marx. <laughs> I asked you specifically. To tell me we're get, we're how this yes. story deviated from the movie Aladdin. <laughs> okay, okay. Should I cut to and the part where yes, it does? Yes, I want you to cut to the part where the story of your love okay. to the Baroness Jenny von Westphalen deviates okay. from the movie Aladdin. Because as we've established, Karl Marx, your love story was, was right, extremely yes, similar yes. to the movie Aladdin. Uh, you, you know, yes. Uh, okay. All right. Here's the part where it's different. So, so I yell, and everything that goes with it. Right? Okay. <laughs> he, J- Jafar just wished to be, her Uncle Scarf on Raja the Tiger. I just wished to be a genie. And I mm-hmm. said, and everything that goes with it. Phenomenal cosmic power. And he's saying, no. And he's okay. disappearing in the lab. And he says, and I say, itty bitty living space. Okay. And I cut it. I free the other genie. And then we all sing uh, a whole new uh, world. You sing a whole oh, so that, yeah. that is where... The uh the the this your story deviates from the movie Aladdin is not at all is zero oh because there was probably less dicks in the sky literally that's my guess. just yeah. exactly the same as the movie Aladdin is it now that now is... I haven't seen it in a long time but I don't know now I will say this, all right the so... genie in mind was hilarious. <laughs> Okay. Who played that genie? Let's move back over to uh, Dale Earnhardt for just a moment. Oh, boy. I kind of don't want to now. Early early in your career, Mr. Earnhardt, you were forced to miss four races due to a broken collarbone, uh, but you still managed to win Rookie of the Year that year, which is a very impressive feat. Thank you. Uh, But I wanted to know how it was that you broke a collarbone. I tried to suck my own dick. (laughs) I'm sorry, Mr. Earnhardt. I tried to suck my own dick. See, that's fast. He got got too fast. Earnhardt, you broke your collar during a racing season trying to suck your own dick. Yeah. Uh, This lady was like, well, how do you like it done? And I said like this. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who was this woman? I don't remember. You you were married for relatively young. Uh, Yeah, so so tell me what this woman was, if you remember. Uh, It was the female dog from that movie. It was uh, Lady from Lady of the Tramp? Yeah, it was Lady from Lady of the Tramp. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, She was with another guy, Mm -hmm. and they were slurping up the same spaghetti. Spaghetti, okay. And the chef was like... Lady, the lady lady character from Lady of the Tramp was sharing a bowl of spaghetti with a human man. Yeah, with a human man. That was not... That was me. That yeah. Was, that was you. That now. was me. Gotta yeah. eat. Okay. People gotta eat. And we kissed in the spaghetti. Eat. And I was like, you know, if you wanted to suck my dick at this restaurant, I think you'll get away with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and lady she said, said well, how, how do you, you like, like it? it? <laughs> and, <I said> like, <laughs> and you bent over. And I bent over. Suck your own dick. Shattered my collarbone. Trying to suck my own dick. That's yeah. incredible. And so then the like... chef came back and said, what's happening? And mm-hmm. I said, check, please. <laughs> Oh, dear. gave Earnhardt. you a comedy award. It was that crazy. Is un- yeah. That is an unbelievable story. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, maybe the most mature episode we've ever done. And uh, my guests today are uh, German philosopher, economist, and socialist revolutionary Karl Marx. Uh, do you trust me? And uh, NASCAR driver and team owner Dale Earnhardt. Uh, uh, the, the pain of love 
uh, doesn't feel pain or death when you're in love. What princess Bride. Another Princess Bride reference. Okay. Trying to mention that he survives death just because he's in love so hard. That's I right. did read on Wikipedia that you love the movie Princess Bride, but have yeah. a really bad memory and so have a really hard time recounting exactly what the lines are. I feel like these are the lines. Yeah, I'm not 100% on that. I feel in love, therefore I don't feel pain or death. Let me ask you. And then you, they moved on. <laughs> let me ask you. So in the 1986-87 season, you accidentally developed a maneuver yeah. that drivers now refer to as pass in the grass. Do you remember the pass in the grass maneuver? Yeah, it's when you try to suck your own dick in a car. Dale Earnhardt Jr. You're right. I'm sorry. Dale Earnhardt Sr. <laughs> I'm so uh, sorry. I know why you won the award now. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so you're trying to pass somebody in the grass. And okay. just to clarify, yeah. so you you were not being serious when you say it had to do with sucking your own dick. You're right. I wasn't being serious. Okay, so would you please then tell us about the pass in the grass maneuver uh, that you accidentally developed in the 86-87 driving season. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you got three cars in front of you, right? Gotcha. And they can't see your face. So you can't intimidate them. Mm. You, uh, your, your tails, you know, because you're two cats. Because you're, you're two, two Siamese twins cats. Obviously. Uh, you can't turn very well because you're two cats with tails. Uh, and also... Um, you're not very well coordinated because ultimately you are cats and you are Siamese, but ultimately you're just two dumb cats. Mm -hmm. So three cars in front of you, they're not letting you go. What do you do? Mm -hmm. You just pump on the brake and slam your fucking face into the rear end of a car. Oh my God. Until you power through. And then once you're like pushed through that front car and the two cars are to the left of you, you show your little cat buttholes. Oh wow. To both of those other two cars. And they go, wait a second, he's two cats. and then. They immediately, like, fuck up and get killed, you know? Wow. So in the grass. Yeah, in the grass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're, okay. So now they're both in the grass and they're dead. And then you have a front car who's like, is this person insane? And then they turn back and then they see the two buttholes of cats for each of their eyes. So that mm -hmm. now they stare into the infinity of that, like, wrinkly butthole cat. And then he goes, it's impossible. And then their car flips over behind you. And so you got three dead people. And that's the pass in the grass maneuver. And that's the pass in the grass maneuver. Wow. And so now. You never have to get gross with that grass shit, you know? <laughs> Cats so, don't like grass. If and you know so what I mean. now this is a thing that, that NASCAR drivers do frequently now yeah. that you, after you develop that technique. Yeah. So this is something that happens in NASCAR all the time. This happens that, a lot. Death is pretty, you know. Frequent. Yeah. Frequent. But death isn't the thing that surprises me so much. It just seems like such a complicated maneuver that also requires the driver to be specifically two cats. Two cats. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't work with dogs. Everyone loves a dog butthole, you mm -hmm. know, or there's like too much fur in the way. Mm. So you don't really quite get the same effect. Have, have two dogs trying to do yeah. the pass in the grass and it hasn't worked out because people yeah. aren't aren't so distraught by looking at dog buttholes that they flip their cars over. Yeah, And because we are two Cyanese, if you don't please, mm -hmm. we do have the mental connection of like, well, our buttholes are visible now. I you know see. what I mean? But that's oh, all yeah, we really right. got going on with our Cyanese, if you don't please. That is yeah. uh, absolutely fascinating. Um, that's I'd, incredible. Yeah. Thank you. The move. Thank and, you. And, I mean, and then you suck your own dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'll be afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back over to Karl Marx in just a moment. So okay. in uh, sure? 1843, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, you become the co-editor of a new radical leftist newspaper in Paris called German French Annals, mm -hmm. uh, where you write the essay. Sounds like my cat buttholes. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Is that okay? Oh, zing. The <laughs> German French. I thought I might not want to say the name of the uh, newspaper, but I decided to take a chance with it. Uh, so in that, in that newspaper, you write the essay on the Jewish questions. Do you remember on the Jewish question, the essay that you wrote for that uh, for that leftist radical leftist paper? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, of course. What what, do you, what could you summarize that for us? Just like I'm curious what the question, what, what the Jewish question is, uh, what your solution to the Jewish question was, that, that sort of thing. How oh. many nights? Yes. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. I'm sorry. No, that's that's part of it. Yes. No. So. So everyone's saying, hey, Carl, what do you think about this, these Jewish questions? And I always am like, well, Jews have a lot of questions. So I wrote, I said, what do we do? What do we do about the Jew? Because <laughs> one is me and one is you. And, <laughs> and I said, well, there's uh, one fish, there's two fish. <laughs> There's a red fish, which I like okay. very much. And ah. then there's a Jew fish. And then at the end, I said, uh, 
I guess exterminate. <laughs> so that was your that was your conclusion to your essay titled "On the Jewish Question." There are a couple of things in there I left out. Of but course, it makes. Of course, I didn't ask you to to recite it from memory. I Great, be ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> it's a whole essay that goes from fish to mm-hmm. exterminating uh, Jews. Exterminating Jews. So your solution to the question of Jews. The answer is no. It was. <laughs> Okay, that is, it's a little different than what I read. Or what you read. Uh, How interesting. It had mainly to do with the idea of giving up your religion so that you could be incorporated into a secular society. Oh, uh, that <laughs> essay I wrote on the Jewish question. <laughs> of course. Are you saying, Karl Marx, that you wrote two different essays titled On the Jewish Question and one was a uh, rhyming couplet essay that ended with the suggestion that we exterminate all the Jews. Yes. And you then said no? <laughs> Didn't no, that said, end with you saying exterminate the Jews? No. No, no, no. I believe the no was in reference to should there be Jews. Oh. The Jewish question, the answer is, is no. no. Yeah. Jews? Wow. No. <laughs> I thought you were saying, I thought you proposed a question, just answer no, which is like, then why propose the question in the first place? Oh, I think, yeah. it's, I think it's important. Uh, Excellent almost, thought experiment. Socratic no. method, if yeah. you will, you know. Mm, fair enough. Should I do X, Y, or Z? The answer is no. Mm. And that is the that is my philosophical paper. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, as a Jewish person, I don't love the direction that on the Jewish question took. <laughs> sure. Um, but, um, I mean, I guess I can appreciate Agreed the fact... Agreed disagree. I guess I can appreciate the <laughs> fact that the uh, the more popular of your essays on the Jewish question was a little bit more uh, political science and philosophy as opposed to... Yes. Um, uh, pure hatred kind pure of thing. Hatred yeah. rhyming couple. That one definitely went that down a lot better. A lot uh, easier yeah. <laughs> for, to most people. I had a great editor at the time who took the one essay and I think burned it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really put forward the other essay. I see, which was about uh, saying, "Yeah, you got to get rid of your religion sometime." I think that that was a smart thing. I mean, it's a little offensive to tell people that they need to get rid of their religion. Yes. I think, but it's a lot less offensive than saying that we need to eliminate all those people. It was an Offensive time, you know. <laughs> of course, it was. Uh, it was the middle of the eighteen hundreds. Blue, blue comedy was everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it was. No. Yeah, people were saying what we were blue all thinking comedy, at the time. Absolutely, the blue collar tour r- rides <laughs> again. Blue collar comedy just story. running. Yeah. Now, and of Larry course, the cable guy. Now, of course, most of your writing uh, was revolutionary, anti-establishment political treatises. Stop. But you did early mm-hmm. in your life a little Ooh. fiction writing. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> You did write a short novel uh, called Scorpion and Felix. Is that right? Scorpion and Felix. Yeah. Do you remember Scorpion and Felix at all? Of course. If you would give us a very quick summary of the plot of your novel, fiction novel, Scorpion and Felix. Yes. And Karl Marx, I swear to fucking God, if this (laughs) it relates to a single fucking Disney movie, I'm going to lose my mind. No, no, no. It would... Never, okay, never, of course so, not. I mean, this, Scorpion is, and Felix. this is my novel. <laughs> this is my f- only fiction novel. Short fiction novel, Jeez, Scorpion I, and I mean, Felix. Even the thought. I will turn off your microphone. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not such playing. Such a thing. I'm not playing Karl Marx. Okay. If, if this relates even the tiniest bit to a Disney film, okay. I'm going to turn your mic off. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean... Yes, I'll take that challenge because okay. obviously it would never. So tell us the story then. Tell us the plot of Disney. I mean, Scorpion yeah. and the Felix. It's child stuff. <laughs> All right. So Scorpion and Felix. Uh, so chapter one. We I've got start. my finger on the button. Okay. Here we go. Every conceivable well, animal is coming to uh, this big rock. Okay, that's Lion King, and your microphone <laughs> is off. We have lost. Karl Marx no for the rest <laughs> Dale Earnhardt, Noah's Ark was not part of the Disney lexicon. Unless you're, unless you're including, unless you're including Fantasia, the Fantasia 2000. But he mentions 
every animal coming to a rock. Listen, I guess I really uh, thought. Let's let's move over to you, uh, oh, Dale please. Earnhardt, for the remainder of our time. Oh, here. for the remainder. Uh, so I, uh, you know what? If he if he promises to give me a bill, turn Karl Marx's microphone back on. <laughs> Uh, but I'd like to ask you, we yeah. only have a little bit of time left. Oh, shit. I'd like to ask you about your final race, uh, oh, the, race yeah. that you, the race that you passed away during. Right. Uh, it was February 18th, 2001. You were involved in a three-car crash that mm. took your life, and you famously chose to not use a Hans device, uh, which is a device that supports the head and the neck. Uh, because you didn't like how it constricted your movements. And, yeah, and uh, two cats overall. Yes, know. and yeah. so you know, based on what I've heard um, about the, uh, you know, about your moves, the intimidator, the pass in the grass, it all seems like those would be impossible using a Hans device, which basically like straps your head in yeah. and makes it impossible for you to move around. But some people say that the fact that you didn't use a Hans device contributed to the fact that you died in that crash. Mm. So do you recall the crash at all? Is there any truth to that theory that you would have survived if you had been wearing this Hans device? I was using a different device that uh, a different guy was mentioned, said I should use. You it's, were using a different device than the Hans device. Yeah, it's this big like water barrel thing mm -hmm. and you would pour water into it and it would torture the person who is in it. Okay. And you would like put the lever just a little bit and that's like a little bit of pain. You would put it all the way. That's a lot of bit of pain. And if you put it all the way down, it would be so much pain that the person would die. Okay. And, uh, so this was in your car. Yeah. Okay. And Billy Crystal was there, uh, trying to resurrect me. Okay. With, uh, some seeds or something. Gotcha. And he said, I was only lightly dead because of the love that I was feeling. You know, Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. <laughs> You, and uh, my arch nemesis you found me and then poured all the water. You are stretching my patience and trust. <laughs> okay, you're right. I was just to its very limits because that, of course, is the plot. It is a it is a part of the plot of the Princess Bride. Yeah, which you've already oh, discovered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I was doing a bit anyway. Okay, no, so no, I was that's driving. Fine. That's fine. All right. So you you're not wearing your Hans device. No. It also because I just broke my collarbone trying to suck my own dick. Mm -hmm. Again. Oh, so this this happened again. This that happens, original time happened like in the in the seventies. Yeah. It happened. Let's see. That one time with the dog. One time with my wife. One time the old guy wasn't gonna wake up, and I was like, "Well, I guess I could try to suck my own dick while this guy wakes up." And then I broke my collarbone again. And These are that all the different times that you broke your collarbone yeah. trying to suck your own dick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I was also once a little dragon thing, Eddie Murphy dragon thing. Uh, that I believe is a reference to the movie Mulan. Yeah, is that correct? That is true. Gotcha. And uh, I tried to suck my own dick in front of that lady while she was changing, and she was. We were in different rooms, and I was just like, "Well, if I'm here for thirty minutes while she changes, I'll just." Uh, you know what? Yeah. I love it. Yes, Dale Earnhardt. That, that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> you you leave me no choice. Are you gonna cut off my mic? You leave me no choice. I have to cut off your mic and. Kick it back over to Karl Marx here. All right. A little bit of time hey. left. And as much as I don't want to do this, I have Win. to. Triple seven. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I have to ask you sure. one final question, and we have less than a minute here. Of course. Um, do you remember the day that of you met? Of course I do. That you met Frederick Engels, the man who <gasps> co wrote the Communist Manifesto with you. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, and, you know, I read you, you meet each other in 1844. You meet at this cafe. Uh, you become instant lifelong friends. Yes. Do you remember that meeting, like what you talked about, how it was that you realized that you share <laughs> the same philosophies, that sort of thing? Of course. How could you ever forget meeting your best friend? Um, we were both. Do you need some time to figure out which Disney movie you're going to plug in here, Karl Marx? Not at all. Not at all. There's no. I mean. Man made a couple movies. All of a sudden, it's gonna envelop my whole life. No, of course I don't need any time. I okay, remember meeting so... my lifelong friend Frederick Engels. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. <laughs> I was the oldest toy. In <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it. Both of your microphones are off. I'm done. I am done with the two of you. I am finished. I'm trying to get a straight answer out of you guys for 35 minutes, and you won't stop referencing Disney movies or Pixar movies or fucking Princess Bride. Very poorly, by the way. Very poorly. Jesus.
Unfortunately, oh wait, I is... remember how I died. Nope, nope, not <laughs> yet. sorry. My that's house it. was being flown up by a bunch of balloons. M- microphones off. Microphones off. That was the movie up. Uh, that is unfortunately all the time we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests Carl Marx and Dale Earnhardt for joining me, but I cannot because I do not want to thank them. <laughs> Now, I will give you a second if you want to plug something, guys. I will turn your mics back on if you want to plug something, but you but you are in extremely thin ice here. Carl Marx, do you have anything that you want to plug? Okay, yes, I do. Um, I just, I want to plug, uh, please come to premiere the improvised musical, uh, Friday Nights at 10 at the Magnet Theater. You've never had a friend like me. <laughs> okay, your microphone is off. You have lost microphone privileges once again, Carl Marx. And uh, Dale Earnhardt, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh yeah, uh, Pat May plays video games and does improv June 1st. Uh, the Incredibles 2, the baby has powers. Right, and the <laughs> microphone is off. You cannot be trusted. A bunch of children, Dale Earnhardt and Karl Marx. You should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, you should check out all of my stuff at jaredbarnstein.com. Check out my improv team, Junior Varsity, every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. Uh, email us at famousdeadpeople at radioforbrooklyn.org. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio for Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Dead